everybody today? Did you put into practice what we talked about last week? Did you draw closer to your spouse? Did you take time to say sweet things to them like, you look like a mare? I tried that all week last week. It, just, it didn't work. Yeah. She told me I was more like a donkey. Well, today, we're going to look at a different couple. We're going to look at Lot and his wife. So we're going to be in a few different areas, but we're all in Genesis this morning. So if you grab your Bible, turn to Genesis, we'll start there. Now, many of you have, uh, have had this lesson. In fact, Pastor Dave just taught through this not too long ago, so it'll be familiar to you. But today's lesson, we're going to talk about wake-up calls. We all need wake-up calls in our lives. And God uses interesting things to get a hold of us and to wake us up. We're also going to talk a little bit about bad choices in worldly living. Now, a little background on Lot. He showed great faith in the beginning. He actually followed Abraham when he left. When he left Ur of the Chaldees, and went on this big, long trip that God was leading him on, Lot went with him. So great faith there. He started strong, but he kind of finished a little, little badly. So that's what we're going to talk about. But before we jump into our lesson, will you pray with me? Let's pray. God, here we are again, ready to learn your word, ready to understand what it is that you have specifically for us. God, we, we read your word. We listen to sermons. We dive into the scriptures. But there are things that are specifically for us. I would ask that you show us today. Each person has something, maybe different, that they need to see out of this lesson, out of your word. Reveal it to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, like I said, you know the story of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah and his wife. In fact, a uh, Sunday school teacher was describing that Lot's wife looked back at Sodom when she turned into a pillar of salt. And uh, the little boy, Bobby, interrupted and said, well, my mommy looked back once while she was driving and she turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> you never know what kids are going to say. So be real, real careful. Um, let's start in Genesis chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 8. They have left Egypt, and they're coming north, and they have uh, great possessions. And their herdsmen are all in a close proximity. And after all, they're family. And you and I both know that when family has to stay close together with each other for a long period of time... There are never any disagreements or problems, amen? Yeah, right, exactly. Hey, these people in the Bible are not superheroes. They're real. They're just like us. They're just normal human beings. We're going to see a bit of that. Let's look at it. Genesis 13, verse 8. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen. For we... 
be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. And if thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. And if you depart to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he beheld the plain of Jordan. And it was, what does it say in your Bible? It was well watered. Remember, this is the Middle East. And when you think Middle East, what do you think of? It's kind of dry, right? It's like desert-ish. He's looking around, and he sees lots of water. So immediately, he gets this idea. It was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, what does it say after that? Even as to the garden of the Lord. This place was so nice. So nice. There was so much water. What a contrast. It was so nice that it could be almost compared to the Garden of Eden. It was that nice. So he comes up and he says, you choose where you want to go. If, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right and vice versa. We'll separate, but I'm going to let you choose. And he goes, mm, like this. And when he sees this beautiful Fertile land, it doesn't take him long to make a decision. Even as to the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Do you see that? It didn't say he went to Sodom, right? It said that he lived in a tent, but the way he put it was actually towards Sodom. So the way that I see this in my eye is he's got all these people, and they all have tents, but, uh, but Lot's tent, when you open up the door of the tent and walk out, his is facing Sodom which incidentally is that way. Now, geographically speaking, it's probably not, but when you consider what's behind me, you can smell what I'm cooking already. It was completely opposite of what God represents. Verse 13 says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Lot could have gone anywhere, but he selfishly chose the best, which in all actuality was the worst. So what does that tell us? It tells us that the things that we think are good may actually turn out to be bad for us. If you don't believe that, ask a kid the day after Easter or the day after Halloween. Right? All the candy is so good till you eat 10 pounds of it. And then it's not so good anymore. Which is why I do my fatherly duty and I help them. They shouldn't have to struggle alone. His tent leaned towards Sodom, but his heart leaned away from God. But at least he was not participating in the culture. 
He was outside of Sodom. He wasn't taking part in the evil things. Or was he? Take your Bible. Let's go to Genesis 19. Genesis 19.1. In between here, what we've skipped was the wickedness of Sodom was too much for God to handle. He was going to destroy it. And so most of you know the story. God sent two angels down to destroy the city. And Abram, he pleaded to save his family. Don't destroy the whole city if there's some righteous there. And God finally says, I won't do it if you've got some righteous there, but I'm going to tell you right now, that place is wicked. Here we see the angels coming into Sodom. They're going to get what righteous people there are out. And I think from this standpoint, the righteous are on a slide rule. Check this out. Verse 1. And there came two angels unto Sodom at even. And Lot, what does it say in your Bible? Sat in the gate of Sodom. Does that mean that he just came in and he's just, he's sitting down in the gate like this? No. If you've listened to any of my messages or Pastor Dave's messages, you understand that sitting in the gate does not mean just sitting here. What happens is as people walk through the door, they are centers for commerce, their centers for uh, who's coming in and who's going out. He is acting like an elected councilman or even a judge. He's sitting in the entranceway on his chair, and as people have squabbles, they would come to him. He was a person who has high esteem or a person of prominence within Sodom. That's a far cry from, I'm setting up my tent outside to no, not, not now. I'm actually a fine, upstanding member of the community. Not the community you want to be a part of. He sat in the gate of Sodom. They became prominent citizens because they were attracted to the sinful pleasures and the adulation of the crowd and the experiences that a cesspool of a city could offer. People love the big city. It's just, maybe you don't want to live there, but you like the things it offers. I mean, they got Starbucks everywhere. They've got, you could go to a play. I remember when Christy and I lived in New Jersey, it was the craziest place in the world because if I went a mile this way, there was an orchard where you could pick your own apples. Cool. If I went a mile this way, I could see a Broadway show. If I went a mile this way, I was in downtown whatever, and, and there was nightlife and all kinds of interesting things to see, bright lights. That is a huge draw on people. And all it does, when you say draw, what's it doing? It's pulling you towards. But Christian, I'm telling you, if it's pulling you towards it, it's pulling you away from something else. Amen? That's exactly what happened to Lot. 
And if you don't believe me that this was drawing him in, grab your Bible, make a left-hand turn. Let's go to chapter 14 now. 14, verse 11. He is living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and here's what happens. There are kings that come and they fight. And one of the kings is called Keterolamer. And they're going to put down this rebellion of these other kings. They come in. They, there's four kings against five kings. They have a big battle. And the other kings win. They defeat those kings. And here's what happens. Check this out. Verse 11. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals, and they went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, his goods, and departed. What happened to Lot at this point? He was living in Sodom. Not outside. Not, remember, 13, I'm outside. I'm staying away. I love the way it looks. The city's great. So I'm going to put my tent towards it so I can see it. Because, you know, hey, location, location, location. What a beautiful view. This is where my tent is. One chapter, a few verses later, I am in Sodom being captured by these evil kings. They capture him. They take all their, their possessions and they take them away. Well, word comes to Abram. And Abram is going to come to the aid of his nephew. And skip down to verse 14. Verse 14 says, And when Abram heard that his brother had been taken captive, he armed and trained his servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them into Dan. I want to show you just real quickly what this might look like. It's kind of hard to see, but you'll recognize the Sea of Galilee, and then down here, the Dead Sea. Down in this end, if we go this way, is Egypt. So this is the battle. The four kings came down, they came up around here, and they battled here. Most scholars believe Sodom and Gomorrah is at the bottom of the Dead Sea, somewhere in here. Whoops, that's a fun thing. There we go. Sodom and Gomorrah, the bottom of the Dead Sea. Do you know why they can't pinpoint it exactly? Yeah, God wiped it from the face of the earth. And so they don't know exactly, but they know roughly where it was. And so this is how the, uh, how the kings came in, and they had a battle right here in the Sidim Valley, and then they took their captives up, and they're going back up to Dan. And so Abram, he left... Hebron, right down here, came up and followed them up till they got up near Dan. He pursued them unto Dan, verse 15, and he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and he smote them and pursued them to Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And after he beat them, what did he do? Verse 16, he brought back all the goods... And also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Amen. He saved his family. Abram rescued them. Now, 
If you had a near-death experience, the way I imagine it would be to be captured and stolen and taken, you know, miles and miles away from your home, would that affect you? Would it maybe cause you to change something in your life? You would think, yeah, absolutely, and that's exactly what it did to Lot. It changed everything for him. In fact, if you would, uh, if you go back to Genesis 19, where we just were, we'll see how it changed him. Genesis 19.1, you see, he was free, but he ran right back to the world. He was free from the danger. He was free from the wickedness, the torment. He got out of there. We do this, don't we? We do this. We start to stray a little bit. God put something in our lives to change our course, right? If we're, if we're walking along and we're, we're going this way, something will be in our path to cause us to move, and then we turn. Pastor Dave referenced this this morning in his sermon. We'll be walking right along, and he's going through the grass, and there will be a snake, and Rodney changes direction. You can have that. I don't like anything that can go faster than I can. Which, yeah, I'm scared of a lot, okay. God will use things to change your direction in your life. And that's what he did to Lot. So Lot should have changed direction, but what did he do? He fell right back on the thing that he's so comfortable with. And I don't think, I, I don't want to blame Lot for a lot. What do you think it was like for Lot in his family? When you have your, your daughter and your granddaughter and your, all the, these other people there, and they're used to getting their mocha frappuccino and their pedicures and all that stuff, and you, you try to pull them away from that, do you think they're gonna, you're going to hear something? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to put all the blame on Lot, but he's got a lot. Wow. The whole family was enveloped in this, which is why, as leaders of our family men, we should be extremely vigilant about what we let our families get into. Amen? We just saw him get rescued in chapter 14. Now we go back to chapter 19, and here he is again, verse 1, and there came two angels unto Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray to you, to your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your way. Now, why do you think he said that? Why do you think he saw them and said, uh, What I want you to do is come into my house... And uh, <laughs> stay with me tonight, and then in the morning when you wake up, you could leave. They were out of place. He saw these people coming in, and they did not look like they lived in Sodom. 
they looked different. He knew that immediately. And it shows us that although he lives in the world, he might not be 100% of the world. He's a little too close for my comfort, but God still has a hand in his life. Or otherwise, he would have been the one to, to suggest that he come and, uh, and they go out on a date, which is what you're going to see in a few minutes is what happens. But he didn't do that. You see, he was still closer to God. How did that happen? How did it happen that this man still was able to stay closer to God than all the rest of the people of Sodom? I'll give you the answer. Because before going into the world, he was with God. He was with a godly family who had godly morals, godly virtues, who lived a godly life. Look, they weren't perfect. They had a lot of faults. Remember the whole, she's my sister thing. They weren't perfect. He had that to start out with. His foundation was that. So that when he went into the world, he was a little too close, but he wasn't lost. When we send our kids out into the world, I hope they're similar to Lot in that although they get close to the world, the world doesn't get close to them. You see, there's no way to protect our families completely, but God can. The power of a praying grandma, grandpap, dad, mom, aunt, uncle should not be underestimated because God wants to work in these people's lives and he will do that through us. So he says to these angels, come into my house and then you can go out the next day. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. We're going to hang out and we're going to sleep right here in the street all night. Verse 3, and he pressed them greatly and said, no, don't do that. That's a bad idea. You don't know where you're at. You don't know what part of town this is. <clears throat> he pressed upon them greatly and then they turned into him and entered into his house and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat but before they lay down before it was nighttime time to lay down the men of the city even the men of Sodom uh, compassed the house they came to the house and kind of surrounded the house both old and young people from every quarter this was people from all over the city it wasn't just Two or three people from the area that may have saw these two angels, these two people, these two travelers. It was people from every part of the city. So word spread. That's how you could tell how wicked it was with the word spreading so fast. And when I, I tend to read scripture, I, I, I meditate on it a little bit, I think about it. What does this look like today? How can I envision this today? Have you ever seen a protest march? Have you seen how these people will surround people? There might be somebody there that has a different thought 
or a, maybe they, they like a different candidate or a different whatever, what do they do? They absolutely envelop them, and then they shout right in their face and tell them how bad they are and how they make... That's what they do, don't they? You've seen it on TV. This wickedness in Sodom is exactly like that. Sorry, Raymond, I got a little something on you. <laughs> Glad I chewed gum a while ago. This is what's going on. They're surrounding this house. They're screaming. They called unto Lot, verse 5, and they said unto him, Where are the men of the city, or, or where are the men that came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And that translation of the word know literally means to have sexual relations with them. Bring these men out that we may rape them. Is basically what these men are screaming at Lot. These men were homosexuals that were going to rape the angels. They knew who Lot was. Don't mistake that. All these people knew who Lot was, and they knew where he lived. So that tells you Lot was just a little too close to the world. He was not living exactly outside the culture. And because, why, why is that? We talked about it. All the things that this place had to offer are very enticing. You see, when we choose goods over God, the result is not good or godly. When we choose in our own lives goods instead of God, and we do that, the result is not good. We think it's going to be good. I want this thing. This is going to be so good. Well, it's not good. You see... All we need to be able to do, look, if I get a computer, look at, look at all the cool things I could do. I could do so much good. I can, I can balance my budget. I can, uh, I can print up flyers if my cat ever gets lost. I can do all these things. It's going to be such a good thing, right? I'm going to choose this good thing. And the result is not good. It's not godly. Because before you know it, I'm sitting there at 3 a.m. looking at pornography. We bring that into our homes because we think it's good. What we think is good is not always good. And next, what happens next is he makes some poor choices. Because he makes them himself without godly counsel. We make bad decisions. Godly counsel is our guide. And without spending time with the one who sees all, we're blind. Does that make sense? Without spending time with the one person who sees everything, we're blind. Oh, Lord, that we could use your eyes. There's a great song by Jeremy Camp. Give me your eyes. Lord, give me your eyes. Just give me your eyes so I can see what you see. Right? And Lot 
went out at the door unto them, and he shut the door after him. And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not do so wickedly. And here's where he really takes a turn for the worst. And I know you all know this. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out to you, and do ye to them as good in your eyes. Only to these men do nothing. For therefore came thee under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. We know what we want. And they said again, This one fellow came to sojourn. They're talking amongst each other now. They're pointing at him. This guy came here as a traveler. He's not even part of Sodom. And he will needs to be a judge. He's now going to be a judge over us. We're going to deal worse with you than with them. Now they're going to take Lot. And they're going to pull him out. And they're going to rape him. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand, the angels put forth their hand, and they pulled Lot into the house and shut the door, and he smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, that they couldn't find the door anymore. And the men said unto Lot, Do you have anybody here besides son-in-law, thy sons, thy daughters, whatsoever hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. Here's why you need to do that. Because, verse 13, we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out, and he spoke to his sons-in-law, which he married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Why did he seem like he was mocking to the sons-in-law? Well, let's think about that for just a second. Um, what does Lot have? He has daughters, right? Where did the daughters get their husbands? Yeah, you would have to think Sodom, right? So here we are marrying our daughters off to men from the wicked city who have known nothing but wickedness their whole life. And now someone's coming and saying, you've got to get out of here because what you're doing is bad. What do you mean what I'm doing is bad? All my life I've lived like this. I mean, we have laws that say men can use the bathroom of girls. We've got all kinds of, of things on the books. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what. You can be whatever you feel like. Can you see some comparisons with today? A little bit, huh? It's scary, isn't it? That, that that was so bad that God decided to destroy the whole place. So is it no wonder that when Lot went out to try to convince his family to go, they stayed. See, they stayed because he wasn't bringing Christ into their homes. He was letting the world into their home. We have to be proactive. We have to make it something uh, that we deliberately do to bring Christ into our homes. And if we're not doing that, you're going to be just like Lot. Come on, let's get out of here. No, I'm comfortable. I'm not going anywhere. Exactly what happened. He couldn't get his family to leave 
because the world is like a drug. And once addicted, it's hard to stop. And relapses happen often. You've seen it in your life. You come to Christ, but then over time, that fire starts to fade, and you relapse back into the world. And then God throws something in your path to change your direction, and you come back, and then you relapse. Just like the people of Israel that Pastor Dave was talking about on Sunday nights, how they came out of Egypt, they kept relapsing back into uh, pushing back against God. So, we're almost done. Here we go. Verse 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. You've got to get out of here. You've got to get out of here. Take your daughters. Go now. This is what happened. I don't know if you've saw this before, but this jumped right off the page at me when I read it. Uh, Chris, can you come here for a quick second? This is exactly what happened. You've got to get your family and you've got to get out of here because this place is going to collapse. Okay? Look at your Bible where we stopped. What does it say? And he did what? What does linger mean? Yeah. Hurry up, get out of here, it's on fire! And then he just stands around. What would you think about him if he did that? Yeah, something wrong with this guy, right? So what does it say next, after he lingered? The men laid hold upon him, and they said, okay, if you're not, if you're not going to go, then I am going to take you. That's what they did, thanks man. That's what they did. Did you notice that before? They said, get out of the city, and then he lingered. He waited. They actually had to grab him and his family and pull them out of Sodom. Christian, we have to do that with our families. Sometimes telling them is not enough because they're going to linger. You're going to have to put your hand out. You're going to have to grab a hold of them, and you're going to have to pull them out of this world because if you don't, the building's going to collapse, and the result is not great. We need to do this stuff. This is the Bible talking to you. Somebody needed to hear that. I don't know who it is, but that's the scripture of the Lord. And they brought him forth, and they set him out of the city. They had to physically move him. And they told him, Go up to the mountain. And he said, I can't do that. Something would happen. Escape. Go until you get to the city called Zor. That's the end of 22. God told him where to go, but God didn't make him go. God provides guidance and protection, and we choose freedom and affection. Verse 23 as we close. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. And when the Lord rained down upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord of heavens, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities, 
that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. She didn't look back just to see what was going on. She looked back because she was longing for her old life. There will come times in your life that maybe you want to look back towards your old life before Christ. Something will remind you of that. And God says that anyone who does not, who, who actually puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. This is the message that God has for you today. What is in the past is in the past. Right? If, if I come over here and I slap Jack like that. Jack, does that hurt? It shouldn't hurt because it was in the past. I did that, right? What does that tell us? The things that happened in the past still hurt. We still feel them. But we don't have to let that stop us in the present. Because the present is a gift, right? That's why it's called present. We need to move forward. Don't look back. A father was reading this Bible story to his young son and said a man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city. But his wife looked back and was turned to a pillar of salt and his son asked, what happened to the flea? You'll get that later. Will you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for laughter. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for good examples of how good people can go astray and how your love for them prevails. Help us to reach into our lives, find the people that are uh, lingering in our lives, and help us to lay a hold and pull them out before the end because we're so close. We are so close. This world right now, is so much like Sodom and Gomorrah. I believe, Lord, wholeheartedly that we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning. So, Father, instill this in us. Give us this mission today. In Jesus' name, amen.